downloading today's episode of Alumni Voices. I'm your host, Josh Van Campen, and today we've got Asher Holland, founder and CEO at Alternatively Healthy. Asher is the founder of rapidly growing brand and movement. She is an accredited exercise scientist who combines her knowledge of the human body with her own personal experience of disordered eating, body dysmorphia, and extreme burnout to teach girls around Australia to accept and love themselves exactly how they are. From a teen who struggled with her self-worth and the need for perfection to a highly sought after speaker and young leader who has impacted thousands of lives around the country, Asher's journey is incredibly inspiring. Awarded as one of Australia's top 50 small business leaders, a Telstra Business Women's Award finalist and featured in Girlfriend Magazine's top 25 female leaders under 25, and also Asher, a mother-to-be. Yeah, not long to go now. No, so it's, it's a pretty impressive list that you've got there, but you're 36 weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. Are you excited to be a mother for the first time? Very excited. I'm just hanging out, waiting for this baby to come along. <laughs> Why do you, you said to me before you're expecting it to come early, you know, mother's intuition. Why do you think the button's going to come early? Oh my gosh. I don't know why, but I've had so many strange feelings throughout this pregnancy. Obviously never been pregnant before. I knew I was pregnant like instantly, don't know how. And just everything that I've felt so far has, has been right. So I'm saying a girl and I'm saying about 38 weeks. So we'll see if that's right or not. So you, oh, so you don't even know what you're having No, yet. I don't know. That's exciting. Very exciting. Very, very, I don't know too many people that don't know these days. You no. held off from doing the, you know, the Instagram worthy <laughs> gender reveal. Yeah, I, I just always knew that I wanted this little experience to be a surprise. I had to convince my husband not to find out, but um, yeah, I got my way with this one. <laughs> yeah, I know we're talking before, my, my wife's 28 weeks pregnant and I couldn't wait to find out what sex the, yeah. the baby was going to be. So I, I'm very impatient. <laughs> And I like to plan ahead. And uh, while we're doing this podcast, I'm actually doing it in the baby room. So we're, you know, (laughs) gradually putting it all together. But enough about that. I'm really eager to to share your story with the UWA community. And one of your goals is to teach girls around Australia to accept and love themselves exactly as they are. Where did this passion come from? Two things. Um, I have always had an interest in the human body and how it works and Um, yeah, how amazing it is, all of these things that it does for us. So I guess one side of it was coming from that um, underlying interest and then also my studies, which I began at UWA, and then combining that with my own personal experience of, I guess, being someone who, you know, was becoming a professional within the industry and I was learning everything that there was to learn. I was gaining all this knowledge, yet I was still struggling with accepting my body, even though I thought that they were incredible. Um, and so, yeah, it was kind of combining the two over, over many years and figuring out which direction this was going in. Um, but to realize that there is so much more to it than just having the knowledge and just knowing the rules around how to be healthy, how to be perfectly healthy, I guess, um, which is what a lot of people are striving for. And, and especially with social media these days is kind of the ultimate goal to achieve this, <laughs> this image of health. Um, but I kind of through my own story now have the proof that I achieved the, the perfect health on the outside, yet I was really unhealthy on the inside. And that's where the passion came from to, to teach girls what else could be going on, especially when it comes to your mental health. Is 
perfection even possible? No, definitely not. I think there is no definition of what that is. So how can you possibly achieve it? But we do all have this, this image or this concept in our minds of, of what it is for us. Um, and I'm really passionate about helping people to uncover what that definition of perfect is in their mind, because that's how you can start to actually say no to it and figure out how your mind is kind of controlling everything that you do in daily life to work towards that image or that idea. Um, and the sooner you can realize that, that there is so much more to life than just mm -hmm. aiming for this unrealistic idea of perfection, uh, everything kind of changes. So you grew up in Tom Price in the West Australian Pilbara region. What are your memories of growing up in mining town? The first word that comes to mind is community. And I probably didn't realise at the time, um, you know, I left Tom Price as soon as I finished school. So I would have been 17. And looking back now, it, it really was just one of those small community towns where everyone knows everyone. And although you might not feel like it, especially in that high school environment, everyone really does have your back in a way. And um, it's, it's been interesting to watch the journey unfold now as I've left that small town thinking I'd never see most of these people again. And, and I do like some of my closest friends have come to be people that I went to school with in Tom Price, but um, yeah, maybe wasn't that close with at the time. And it's funny how you kind of always go back to wanting more of that community feel. Yeah, it, it, I loved growing up there. I have a lot of people say to me, how come you didn't come to Perth and go to a boarding school or something like that? Especially uh, at the time, my goal, is, my goal was to get into med, which was, I'm not going to lie, quite difficult with the resources that we had at my small school. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't change it. The experiences that I gained from, from living up there and um, having that sense of community was, yeah, it's really hard to describe to people that haven't, live somewhere like that. Is it a sense of community that you're trying to create in your own business as well? I think so without even realizing. Mm. Um, everything that I do now is for the community that I have. And I never set out thinking I'm going to create a community, um, but it is what happened. And I guess I've always had that, that passion for bringing people together. Mm. And, and especially when you can add um, that sense of relatability and bring people together you know, now for me, it's people on their own health journeys, but whatever that might be, if you can be surrounded by people that get it, mm. you know, you just have a whole different experience of life. So speaking of journeys, what was your journey to UWA like? Because you were, grew up in Tom Price, you know, pretty far from UWA, quite different. So what was it like? And, you know, you were involved in the Aspire program. How did that have an impact on you? Aspire was a huge part of my journey. I remember them coming to my school in Tom Price. I think the first year was when I was in year nine. And uh, yeah, I guess growing up in a small town where majority of people do go on to work on the mines, um, I knew from the start that that wasn't for me. And I knew that I wanted to... Um, yeah, eventually moved down to the city and do something bigger. And, and for me, that probably meant more study. But I had no idea how you did that or what the options were or anything. It was like this whole new world. And so as soon as I heard those people from Aspire and especially the ambassadors who were 
current students at the time, for them to come and share their experience of uni life, I was just hooked. I was like, oh my gosh, this this whole new world out there um, where I can study whatever I want. And yeah, that, that kind of sparked something inside of me. And I'm pretty sure that the Aspire team either came to my school or we flew down to Perth and attended their camps every year after that. Um, and it was really interesting to look back on the journey at the end of last year, I was asked to MC the 10 year anniversary for Aspire. And, and for me to realize that I had been a part of this program for the whole 10 years and, and the impact that it really did have on me, although I didn't realize at the time, um, yeah, it was pretty amazing. And so I love, I love that it's done kind of a full cycle and now I'm one of those people that can share my experience and, and um, inspire other current students to open their eyes to what's out there. So when a spy came to your school and talked to a current UWA student, was there an experience that they shared with you that had you totally hooked? I think for me, it was just hearing different students' passion come across for what they were studying. It, I quickly got hooked on the idea of medicine. And I think that was because of my um, interest in the body and also growing up in Tom Price, a, a big part of the town and of that community feel that I was talking about is the cadet program. Mm -hmm. um, and I was heavily involved in that. And, and it meant that we had uh, like a yeah special opportunity, I guess, to join the St. John's ambulance within Tom Price from mm -hmm. about 16 years old. So, um, you know, I would spend my, my weekends doing first aid training and stuff like that. So I was very interested in it from the start. Um, and so I loved, loved hearing people's journeys that were interested in that kind of field as well. Um, but whenever I could just hear someone say that, you know, I had a bit of an interest in this when I was in school and then I could go to uni and try it. If I didn't like it, I could change it and that's okay. But just hearing that you had so much more freedom and kind of like this um, flexibility and opportunity to do what you really wanted with your life, I guess, which which you didn't hear a lot of in Tom Price as a young girl who didn't want to follow the mining pathway. Has it changed at all in Tom Price since you've been back? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I went back uh, at the end of last year um, because my parents still live there. Um, so I went and visited them and I just thought, oh my gosh, it's, yeah. I don't know how I did it sometimes. <laughs> Growing up and going to school, I loved it. But yeah, after living in the city now, I, I couldn't go back. Do you speak with anyone in Tom Price in relation to your business or going back to maybe your, your old high school and speaking with some of the young girls? Because as you said, you didn't, you, you, the only real job opportunity you kind of thought or saw over a career was the mining industry. And then when the spike came, it opened up you to a whole new world. Do you feel like you need to do more of that in Tom Price and not just Tom Price, but in WA and nationally? Definitely. Uh, when I first came up with the concept of alternatively healthy and realized that there was potential for this message to be shared within schools, um, Tom Price was the first place that I contacted and obviously they were, they were all for it. Um, and yeah, I went up there and I spoke to every year group and I guess my, 
my purpose or my drive behind that was the fact that if we had someone come and speak to us, come and speak to me when I was that age in high school, that could genuinely have changed my life. And I guess that's what, um, yeah, sparked that passion for, for entering the schooling industry. Um, and, and then it became a little bit of an addiction and I was meant to be going on a, on a uh, getaway up to Broome, but I ended up kind of running more workshops and going to schools and <laughs> every holiday I've been on since then has been, oh, what schools are around here? So um, yeah, Tom Price has been a great support and, and every time I have a new concept or a new program or anything like that, then I'll always run it by them as well. So it's been really, um, yeah, really nice to kind of give back, I guess. Now, we've touched on it briefly. You struggle with body issues, uh, but you also struggle with mental health during your time at uni as well. Uh, at the time, you felt you had nowhere to go. Is this where the Asher Holland journey began? I, I often explain this to the girls because we kind of put a lot of pressure on ourselves to figure out what journey we're on, where it started and where it's going to end and where, what the ultimate goal is. And... I always bring it back to the fact that we're on our journey for life and, and it's, it's been going forever ever since we've been here. And I guess looking back now, I, I just think that at different points along our journey, as we learn new things and experience different things, we become more, we become more aware of, of where we're at. Mm. Um, looking back now, knowing everything that I know, I can see the signs of perfectionism from early, early childhood. Um, like a primary school, putting that pressure on myself mm -hmm. to get the perfect grades and, and all these kinds of things. Um, and I describe my uni years as the time where that perfectionistic mindset transitioned um, to health and body image. And, and that was kind of the outlet for it. And I became really sucked into this negative cycle of yeah, needing to look perfectly healthy. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't say that during that time I was aware of the journey that I was on. I, I ultimately felt really stuck at the time. Um, and that was kind of just my, my way of daily life was the ultimate goal is to change the body and to get healthy and, and yeah, achieve this outcome. And that ruled my life for, um, yeah, two to three years, I'd say at the time. Um, and, and there's been different outlets for that perfectionism and kind of that obsessiveness and, and overachieving throughout my whole life. But, but then through other experiences and other knowledge gained, that's when I looked back on that journey, combined the experience with the knowledge I have and thought this is something that I'm passionate about. So where did the knowledge come from? Because it's a natural thing to look at somebody and go, oh, that's the, the perfect body. That's, they, they must be really happy. So where did the knowledge come from for you to go, hey, that isn't actually the perfect body. That isn't the perfect life. So backtracking on my story a little bit, while I was at uni, um, I guess at the start, I thought it was absolutely amazing in terms of the knowledge that that I was learning, I thought, oh my gosh, I've just entered this whole new world of health and fitness and I've learned all the answers to give me this perfect life and happiness that I've always wanted. And at the start, I did feel great. You know, it was the first time that I'd stepped foot in a gym and, and learnt more about food and all these kinds of things. But 
because of that perfectionistic nature and that need to be better all the time and be the best in my own head, um, I quickly became addicted to this exercise and counting calories. And um, it down spiraled pretty quickly. Again, I, I didn't realize, but I remember getting to a point where I thought, I can't sit through a single lecture at uni without losing focus. I can't get through a shift at work um, without losing all my energy and often fainting. I'm so emotional. Like I, I'm, I'm just unhappy. This can't be healthy, even though I'm following all the rules. Um, and so it, it started my journey of visiting doctors and specialists and trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And I would go to these people and say, something's wrong. Um, I think something's physically wrong with my stomach because I'm losing weight and I'm not, not feeling good. Um, and as amazing as, as doctors are, they could only work with the info that we give them. And yeah. they would do all these tests and say, no, Asha, there's, there's nothing physically wrong with you. Um, obviously, because it was a mental health issue at the time, but I wasn't aware of it. And it came to a point where I was referred to a gastroenterologist gastroenterologist specialist and all he did was ask me a few questions no tests and said I want to refer you to someone for an eating disorder and um, I often get asked if that was my wake-up call uh, for that part of my journey and it wasn't it just sparked that that inner negative voice even more to say, okay, now you've got a bigger problem to fix. Now you've got to prove something else. And by the next week I had signed up to a bodybuilding coach and it just proves how stuck I was in that negative cycle because I really, really believed that if I could achieve the body, that I would prove my health and then I would achieve the perfect life. And coming back to your question and to, <laughs> to kind of sum up the story, I trained with this coach for three months um you know obviously an even more strict exercise and eating regime stepped up on the stage in in the shiny bikini and and won all these awards for the body that i'd achieved and that i'd wanted for so long and i never felt more unhappy or unhealthy in my life and and that was the start of the wake up call that I needed. It was the time when I'd never felt more lost in my whole life because I didn't know what was going to bring happiness. I'd achieved the perfection and I was so unhappy. And um, lots more visits to doctors and specialists, this time starting to open up about what was actually going on in my mind and how I was feeling. And, yeah. and the thing that, um, really woke me up was when I was told that if I didn't start looking after my body, then I'd never be able to have kids. And, um, and when I can now use that personal experience and that journey to share with girls, like if you just listen to your body and look after it, like that is health and you will figure out what happiness means to you. And, and that's the journey that I've been on over the past few years to learn how to actually look after my body. And, and it's amazing that now it's rewarded me and I'm about to have a baby. So it's a long journey, but um, it, it can really have a big impact on people to hear that. You talked about the inner negative voice. Is that voice completely gone or is it something that you're still battling with? No, and I think we all have one. Um, something that I get my 
high school girls to do before we start any kind of program is to watch the movie Mean Girls and for them to, <laughs> <laughs> to have this concept in their head that they have an inner mean girl that tells them that they're not skinny enough or pretty enough or strong enough or all these kinds of things, it gives them this power to realize that they can say no to that negative voice and they can actually start to work on figuring out what it means for them to be genuinely happy and to be the person that they want to be. So I 100% believe that we all have that negative voice from time to time. You know, you're never, it, it is normal in a way to look at someone um, and compare yourself or, you know, it, it comes out in so many different areas of our lives and you'll always get those slightly negative little thoughts pop up. But when you've been through that, I guess, journey of becoming more self-aware and learning what those tools are, you have the ability to realize it quicker and quicker each time. And that's when you can start to overcome it. Do you look back at the, your journey and go, I wouldn't change anything for the world? In terms of what I do now and alternatively healthy, I would never be able to impact lives like I do if mm. my journey hadn't happened the way that it had. Um, I always, you know, I'm so big on, on gratitude and appreciating what we do have. And I look back on my journey now as hard as it was at the time. And I'm so grateful for, for everything that I went through. Um, probably one of my strongest messages and what I share in, in every interview or everything that I do now is the fact that we are so lucky that we have the opportunity to listen to other people's stories and learn from their journeys. And that can spark something in our mind to realize that we actually have the power to change our whole life and our mindset right now without having to hit our own rock bottom. And when I first started, it was very much about sharing what my rock bottom was and the fact that if I hadn't woken up to what I was doing earlier, then um, my life could be very different. But now a lot of what I do is sharing as many people's journeys as possible because we are really lucky that we can learn from that. Um, yeah, and, and spark that positivity and I guess realize how much opportunity we have to create the life that we want to live without having to have this huge tragic wake up call first. So what day was it that you decided I'm going to start my own business? I'm going to start up alternatively healthy. And can you share with everyone exactly what alternatively healthy is <laughs> and how you're making an impact in your community? So to sum up alternatively healthy, I would say it's the fact that healthy is so far from what you see on the outside. And there was not one day where I decided this is what it is and this is what I'm going to do. I will still openly tell you now that I'm figuring it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for me, it was actually towards the end of uni, towards the end of my undergrad degree, I kind of came to this roadblock and thought what's next? Do I keep studying? Um, do I go and get a job in the industry? Mm -hmm. And I ended up deciding that, you know, I had been straight from school to uni, um, no break, always putting this extreme pressure on myself to achieve and to get the grades. And I thought, I actually think I need a bit of a break to experience life. Uh, and that's when my partner and I traveled Europe for three months. And it was the first time that I felt that freedom and that flexibility to just 
be with my own thoughts and, and that's the time that I was able to reflect on my journey. Um, and, and that's where it kind of all sparked from there. I just started using my own personal Instagram with whatever it was, my 200 family and friends. And, um, and so far before that, I had only ever shared images and videos of me working out and me trying to gain this body and healthy recipes. And that was my life. And that's what people knew me for. And I finally started sharing more about mental health and what I was going through at the time, just sharing my personal experience. I was very much still in the middle of it. Mm. Um, and that gained so much traction that I didn't expect. Um, and looking back on it now, I, I can't really tell you how it grew so fast and, and what exactly happened. But before I knew it, this community was forming. And I came back from that trip and I thought, right, this has potential. What am I going to do with this? Obviously no business background whatsoever. Um, and I thought the number one thing that's helped me to get through this was opening up about it and slowly building the confidence to share my story and not be ashamed by it and connect with other people. So I love sharing how it all started because <laughs> I had no business plan. You know, it, it wasn't this crazy idea that I was going to impact all these people. I literally walked down to my local cafe and said to the owner, would you mind if I ran a small event here after hours and put it on Instagram and we had 10 girls that came down and I gave them an opportunity to speak about these things and the, just the atmosphere and the feedback from it was amazing. Like people saying that those conversations could change their life. That obviously sparked the, um, the drive in me. And, and I offered one of those events every month for a little while and they just sold out instantly. And then, so I kind of learned this <laughs> on the go. I was like, how can it keep evolving? And, and that's when the school started reaching out to me and speaking opportunities. And the more that I shared my story and the more that I could see the impact it was having on people. Um, yeah. The more that it lit that fire inside of me to keep going. But it's clear it was an organic approach by you, I guess, looking back at it. Cause you didn't, you went in with no expectations, you know, you were sharing your story, not realizing how much of an impact it had, but you know, you've built up this huge community and, and community is really important for us at the moment during this COVID-19 pandemic, where you've even got a lot of people, everyone's racing to get their content and engage with their staff, clients and market online. So how important has it been for you to establish your online community when it all started with that coffee shop? Yeah. Similar to everything on my journey, I never set out saying, right, I'm going to build this online and we're going to have a big community. Mm. It just happened. And that's what makes the community so strong now. Um, you know, a lot of what I do and one of my most popular workshops in schools is around social media and our self-worth. And even these young high school girls are thinking that in order to be worthy and to to feel like they are enough they have to have the social media following and they have to achieve these numbers and these likes and I think our community is proof that you know it's not one of those um, accounts that has hundreds of thousands of people we have a few thousand girls who have formed this really strong community that I don't have to work for it you know what I mean it mm -hmm. can't it they just support each other and, and you know that the right people are there and that the right people are attracted to it. And, and that's, um, yeah, a big message that I would have for anyone 
right now is don't don't try and change your message or obviously we all have to adapt our businesses in a way but you have to stay authentic and you have to keep remembering why you started because that's why your community is there every business has some kind of community around it and if you can stick to okay this is why i started in the first place and just focus on that passion and and your people that have been there from the start that's how you'll get through it with you being a mother to be does social media scare you for you know your future child curious are you able to share maybe a story of one of the high school girls that could you could that you can share that may have been looking at you know their instagram that they're trying to get x amount of likes they're trying to get x amount of posts out they're trying to get this this perfect world shown out there what 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 their mindset's like yeah, well, I can, I can share it from my personal experience because I very much went through that stage of being stuck in the online world and coming back to realising what that inner, inner mean girl, inner negative voice in your head is and what the image of perfection that she paints for you every single day is. I didn't realise at the time, like I genuinely could not work out how this image got placed in my head that I had to achieve that bikini model body in order to be good enough. I knew it was there, but I was like, why? Why do I feel like I need to achieve this? And when I finally came to a point where I could start to uncover and look into all of these things, I realized that I would wake up every single morning, grab my phone and scroll Instagram. And the only people that I was following was bikini mm -hmm. models. Yeah. No wonder the, the idea in my head all day was I need to look like this. If I don't control what I eat, if I don't exercise to exhaustion, how am I ever going to get there? And then I would look at them again before I go to bed at night. And it just proves how, how powerful um, that influence can be. And if you had asked me um, at the start of this journey, if social media scared me, um, especially for the younger generation, I'd say, yeah, it is scary because it's so new and we, we still don't really know what the boundaries are with it, I guess. Um, but now not so much. I think after speaking with so many parents and so many students and teachers about it, all that we need to know is that we have the power to control what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. And that is the biggest um, or the most rewarding feedback that I receive from girls when they say, oh my gosh, you just made me realize that it's as simple as unfollowing accounts that don't make me feel good. And I think if, you know, we're all teenagers are going to go through that phase where, where they follow things that probably aren't great for their mental health. Yeah. But if they just have that knowledge around every single photo that I scroll past is having an impact on, on my mental health, is this, is this positive inspiration of, you know, how I want to live my life yeah. or is it sucking me into that negative cycle of comparison? Um, just having that knowledge about the impact that it's having on you I think, and, and being empowered to know that you have the control over how you want to feel, then we don't have to be too scared about it. Now, something you didn't have much of at the start, you know, knowing how to run a business, but you've been awarded one of Australia's top 50 small business leaders. Did you ever sit down and ask yourself, what does it take to be a business leader? And what does leadership mean to you? It still blows me away that I get asked to speak at business events. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I always kind of look around the room when I first start speaking and I'm like, guys, 
no one has this figured out. <laughs> it's, I, I really truly believe that, I don't know, I've been, I've been sucked into that cycle where I felt stuck thinking that I'm not businessy enough, that I don't have the knowledge to run a successful business. And, and I've realized that what's got me to where I am now is the power of networking and connecting with people. Mm. And I did that way before I started Alternatively Healthy. Like I said, I knew that I wanted to do something different and something bigger. And so I would go to business networking events before I had any plan of a business. And just by talking to people and sparking that inspiration and that passion for wanting to do something mm -hmm. bigger, um, that's 100% what got me to where I am now. And if I ever feel stuck, um, A, I have this huge network of people that I can reach out to, but it's also, I know that, that for me to keep going and be inspired to take that next step, I just have to put on a podcast and listen to someone's story that didn't know what they're doing, started from nothing, which is like a lot of businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and they got through it just by working hard and believing in themselves. What does leadership mean to you? It comes back to a having the passion and then the belief in yourself that you can do it. Um, I think as a leader, if you can prove to people that you're doing something that you love and that you truly believe you are here to do this, other people aren't looking to you to tell them exactly what to do. That's not how I see leadership. I see if you can inspire people to um, think outside the box and yeah, we have an ultimate goal that we're going to achieve, but, but there's no right way to do that. And it's, mm -hmm. it's exactly the same as what I teach in Alternatively Healthy. There's no right way to do health. There's no right way to grow a business. There's no right way to impact people. Mm -hmm. um, but if you believe that you have something to share, then, then proving that you're going to go for that. Yeah, I was good. that was probably one of the questions I was going to ask to follow up, like, there is no blueprint on how to inspire people. It's the same thing when people go, or, you know, your boss will ask, oh, get the social media posts go viral. Like there's, there's no <laughs> formula to it. Um, all I can say is listen to your community. Hmm. And, you know, a lot of people will say, but I don't have a community. Everyone does. It could literally be your five closest people in your yeah. life. Mm -hmm. But in terms of business, all I have done is listen to the community that has grown organically mm. and, and they will tell you what you need. And like me, you do get to a point where like I've kind of outgrown the mindset that I was in when I first started. So for me, it's more important than ever to listen to the community that I have and, and get them to help me to take myself back to that mindset because yeah. that's what they need. Me about to become a mom and I have so much gratitude for my body. I'm not the same girl that I was when I was in high school and, and I was struggling with those things. So you get to a point where it's not about you anymore <laughs> and, um, and listen to your community and they will tell you how they want to be inspired. So when you started your journey, you've received a lot of accolades and receiving accolades wouldn't have been one of your last goals for you. What does it mean to be recognized for all your hard work? That's a funny question because kind of during that time where I said I got sucked into that cycle of feeling like I wasn't doing business good enough, mm. I realized that I was desperately searching for that external validation. Um, yeah. Yeah. To prove that I was successful in this business. And 
I can tell you that that was the hardest time I've had on this whole, um, not my personal journey, but the alternatively healthy journey, because I could not move forward because I was so stuck worrying what are other people going to think of this? I need to get the right answers. I need to have the business plan figured out, which was never how this started. Um, it was like I had to prove my success. And as soon as I kind of gave myself that headspace to realize actually like that doesn't matter. It's coming back to that perfectionism and needing to be approved. Um, I let go of that and I thought actually, why did I start this? And it was to inspire girls to change their lives. And it, it was really interesting how everything started to change. Obviously I just got all my creativity back. I was able to speak again. I was able to create these courses. Um, but that's when I started to get recognized for it because people could see my passion again, which I lost mm -hmm. for a long time. And so now, you know, as amazing as all of those awards are at the end of the day, all it means to me is that the message is being heard and that drives me further to, to spread it to more people. Now you're only 24 years of age, about to become a first time mum, but you've, you've already done a lot in your 24 years of life, but what does the future look like for you? For me, still, still growing alternatively healthy. Um, it's interesting that going on this pregnancy journey um, obviously has given me a whole new appreciation for the body and a whole new outlook in terms of my message and what I teach. But it's also personally taught me how to work in a completely different way. My whole life, I have worked myself to the ground. Like I would stay up all night always and push through um and obviously well when you're pregnant you can't do that you if you need a rest if you need to vomit <laughs> that's what you do um and so it's it's really taught me how to work in a way that works for me and i would tell you that i am pushing pushing less than i ever have before but everything's falling into place better than it ever has and and I think that comes down to me prioritizing. I know my message and I believe in myself more than I ever have before. Um, and, and yeah, I know what I'm working towards. So for me, that is obviously just to keep impacting as many young lives as I can. Um, yeah, now that I have to um, arrange my time a little bit differently, a lot of it is going to online programs and I hope that I can provide resources for schools and, and organizations that can deliver this kind of message um, and, and just reach as many people as possible. Now, if there's someone part of the UWA community that is struggling at the moment, is there one piece of advice you want to share with them? I would say that two things. Number one is that you are exactly where you are meant to be right now. I wish that I had realized that earlier. I always felt like I'm not achieving enough. I'm not getting to where I need to be fast enough, mm -hmm. but I promise that you will look back on your journey and think that was all unfolding in the right time. Um, and the other thing, which is a quote that I have stuck up on my wall when I look at every day when I come to sit down and do work, and that is happily pursue your goals. Don't pursue them to be happy. And I spent my whole life trying to achieve the next ultimate goal in order to be happy and to, to live the life that I wanted. Um, when really, if I had just looked for the small 
things or the small things that bring joy and, and be grateful for everything every day, it would have been a very different process. Nash, that's all the time we've got. You've been an absolute inspiration and you're going to continue to be. But if people want to find out more about your journey and Alternatively Healthy, where should they visit? Number one, thank you first. Thank you for having me. Number one would be Instagram, which is just at alternatively.healthy, um, where you can probably get uh, the full rundown on what this whole community is about. Um, and otherwise, I would say just to go to the website, alternativelyhealthy.com.au. Um, yeah, and there's lots of exciting things coming. Absolutely. And with good luck with the bub on the way. I'm sure if people are going to follow you on Instagram, they're going to see the journey. Yeah. The bub as well. Definitely. I don't think I'll be getting out of um, posting all the photos of that one. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Ashley, thank you so much for your time today. And we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you very much.